glad you're here. My name is Crispina French, and I'm your host of the Rags to Riches podcast. I'm an OG textile alchemist, worked my way through art school making ragamuffins from thrift store sweaters way back in the 1980s. That college side hustle grew into a full-fledged business, and here I am to show you that you can do that too. Together, we'll navigate hurdles, challenges, and accomplishments while crafting your profitable textile upcycling business to serve you and the planet. My guests and I will cover topics including material sourcing, business savvy, product development, sales and marketing, and self-care. Overcoming struggles, celebrating wins, and reaping rewards of running your very own textile upcycling business is what we are all about. Are you ready to be inspired, energized, and supported? This is the Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Podcast. This week's episode is brought to you by Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Summit, a free three-day virtual event, May 17th through 19th, 2023. It's designed specifically for textile upcycling entrepreneurs. If you are ready to hit your income, impact, and lifestyle goals, you are not going to want to miss Rags to Riches Summit. Whether your enterprise is brand new or you are a veteran textile upcycling entrepreneur, Rags to Riches Summit, showcasing over 30 industry professionals from across the world, will inspire and ignite business growth to serve you and the planet. Register at Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Summit.com. Hi, everybody. So today I'm really excited to talk with two guests, and um, I'm going to be learning all about their project as we go here. I, I have little pieces of information about it, but I'm really excited to introduce you today to Lisa Ann and her husband, Scott, who have, um, they, they work with Outer Known on a project called Project Vermont. And um, Lisa Ann, could you introduce yourselves and just kind of share a little bit about what is Project Vermont? So first of all, hi, and thank you for having us. Um, we are Outer Known's Project Vermont. Outer Known is a sustainable clothing company out of California. Um, they have- Let me just interject. I think Outer Known is the most sustainable clothing company that I know about. Like Excellent. really up there. They live there. They walk their talk. They, they do it right. So yes, go on. Very, go ahead. Very, go ahead. Very, very passionate about their product and their mission. Um, and very, very loyal followers and, um, yes, a great product. So we are, uh, we, as a result of their mission for circularity and sustainability, we connected through um, sort of a, a series of meetings about how and what could we do with their discard materials, clothing, damaged clothing, waste samples, that sort of thing. Um, as a result of the six month Worth, worth of conversation, um, we came up with the idea of Project Vermont, which is um, the place where they send us all of their goods and materials and we upcycle, repurpose, remake um, into new things or uh, add value to something that's come in if it's missing a button or if it has a slight damage that it can then be repaired um, and still used out in, in circularity, I'll say. Um, all mm -hmm. in to keep it uh, from landing in the landfill. That is so cool. So um, how, like, give me a little bit of history. Like how, 
did you first get interested in textile upcycling? What kind of led you on that path through your life? And Scott, chime in because I want to hear from you too. Um, all right. So I'll start with, uh, I've always been, I would say, a creative person and a very curious person. And um, I love to understand how things work. But I also like the challenge of finding an, um, let's say, a purpose for something that its original purpose is has nothing to do with the end result of what you make with it. Um, also, ways of keeping things in circularity, things in work. Um, so that they don't, they aren't discarded or forgotten. Um, then, when as we had our children over a span of twenty years, it was a really nice way for me to have time for myself. Let's say when they were, you know, gone to school or gone to bed, um, and be creative. And um, it can also be a thrifty way to do it, where you can go to Goodwill and pick up some things and be creative and imaginative, and not worry so much about whether it comes out right or wrong, but just the process of doing it so so were you like when you were a kid were you sewing did, did your mom or grandma or someone in your family introduce you to that kind of passion or uh, my father was the knitter in our family although my mother knit for um this out of necessity she would make our mittens and our hats my dad would knit um out of creativity i would say he would make the fun sweaters and um would always you know, he'd always have a list of who wanted what next. And so he taught us all how to knit. I would say it started there. And then um, I sort of picked it up and put it down as the years went by, but also discovered uh, sewing at some point in my, um, I don't know, my 20s, and really enjoyed the product that sewing made. So it's always been in my life. Uh, whether it's been a passion always, I don't know, but it's always been a creative way uh, or a creative outlet, I'll say. That's cool. And I, it's it's one of the things I love about textile upcycling, and you just kind of touched upon it, was the affordability and the accessibility, right? Like just, you know, if you make a mistake when you're textile upcycling, it's like, okay, well, you just head back on over to the thrift store or, you know, go back into your closet and find something that you haven't worn in a bit and and use that as a kind of second try. Um, super cool. And Scott, do you have a background in textile stuff? Like, um, how did you get roped into this whole plan here? Well, Lizanne and I share an interest in upcycling. Um, there's some stories from Lizanne's childhood and my childhood. Lizanne grew up in Canada. I grew up in Boston. Lizanne had a uh, an opportunity to grow up in a rural agrarian part of her life environment where there was always upcycling going on. You, you spend time on a farm and you can't always run out to a store and grab parts or uh, clothes need to be mended. You just can't run out to Kmart. Um, so as she was living that life as a young child, um, growing up in Boston certainly wasn't a farm, but I was drawn to old cars. I was drawn to old motorcycles and things lying in people's yards that weren't working and, and reworking them to get to getting them to work. Um, so everything from for me, it was machines and and uh, fishing rods and that kind of thing right now. Um, when we met. In, in college, uh, Lizanne was knitting then, crocheting, and uh, our kitchen table has always been a workspace in our home. Uh, you have to push things aside if you want to eat there. So um, 
and 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 certainly, you know, I had the opportunity to wear sweaters made by various members of her family. So I became introduced to the textile uh, part of that. And then with Lizanne, just, you know, getting on the rummage sales circuit and the yard sales circuit and that kind of thing. And it just struck me a lot as like, you know, pulling an old car out of someone's backyard when you can go to a rummage sale or a, or, or a yard sale or something, a thrift store and find an old pair of jeans that you know, just have so much patina and character to them and you want them to keep going. So I, I, I think, uh, Lizanne and I definitely are, are, are bonded by an upcycling piece and I'm, I'm new to the textile scene, but I'm certainly in over my head at this point. <laughs> like the rest of us, right? right, like, right. I'm, I'm going to add in here too. We have a bit of a passion for the older vintage machines and fixing them and then using them here in the shop. So um, that's also part of the piece that we like to do together is fix the yeah. machines and get them back in working condition. There's, yeah. we're, we're fortunate where we live. Um, well, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. When it comes to getting materials here, it's hard because there's not that many people. It's not like we're in Boston or, or Ohio where there's just, you know, hordes of people and there's a lot in the salvage stores and that. Um, but we are fortunate in that the people here are very resourceful. So there, there, there were, Quite a few old Singer sewing machines in people's yard, uh, people's garages and basements and barns that um, could be reconditioned and, and, and put into use. Brought so back it, to life. Yeah. So yeah. for our listeners and, and also for me, like I know you guys are in Vermont, but where exactly are you located? Uh, so we're in St. Albans, Vermont, about a half hour north of Burlington. We're located between Lake Champlain and, and Stowe. Um, about a 45 minutes from the Canadian border. So I'm thinking rural, like not a whole lot of, um, you know, commerce I'm thinking like, is well, that, is that accurate? Yeah. We're in Franklin County, the Maple County of, of Vermont and probably the world. So there's, there's a lot of dairy up here. There's a lot of, uh, maple farming. Uh, it's, we've got the Maple Fest coming up, uh, this weekend. So yeah, it's pretty rural. A lot of resourceful people, a lot of people with, as I like to call it, collateral in their yard, old, old <laughs> machines and stuff, you know, ready for parts or to be remade, reborn. Yep. I'm going to tell my husband that collateral, honey, that's not garbage in the yard. You don't have to worry about that now. It's collateral. <laughs> right. He's going to really like that. I think maybe, yeah, he'd probably really like it where you. Cool. It's a bartering tool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So true. That's so cool. That's awesome. And, and I too have this penchant for old machinery. I love old sewing machines. And mm. honestly, I feel like it's another uh, sort of uh, venue of accessibility to that textile upcycling that we we're talking about before. The first, you know, when I had my, I had a production company for 22 years and the machines I had in my production company were, I bought them for $25 each. They were antique industrial sewing, um, singer sewing machines, and I knew how to fix them. And they ran like little kittens. They were just amazing machines. So um, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, there's something so satisfying about being able to repair a machine and then make something with it. Um, and also the ease of repair and they almost enjoy being used every day. So. Oh, yeah. I feel like once they start being used, they just have like, well, it's like a car. It's like any kind of machine, right? Like it's, it just, it gets better and better as you use them more and more. So yeah, that's, that's a really, um, I love that piece of it. Um, so 
back to Project Vermont, like, so you guys had sort of like this uh, shared affinity for reusing, uh, getting things back in circulation that might have been sitting for a while. You, you went to college together, you wind up in St. Albans, Vermont. And then how did this connection happen for you to um, partner with Outer Known? Well, Bernie wore his mittens and everybody um, commented on it. And Outer Known was one that did that commented as well. And my neighbor um, is connected with them through other ways uh, himself and mentioned that I uh, had had the pattern and had made mittens with Jen. So um, I think they thought it was a really neat story that mittens could be made into or sweaters could be made into mittens. And I think initially wanted to have a conversation about um, someone who does that. They do on, on their website and in their catalog, they do a lot of storytelling about people that are circular or have missions that aren't necessarily out of known employees, let's say. They're just very passionate about it. Um, and I think uh, that might have been the initial goal was to have a conversation. But um, once we started speaking with Mark. Um, Mark Walker, the CEO of Outer Known. Yeah, he uh, we sort of all spoke the same language and got very excited about the possibility of working together on the project and what could that look like. And then um, Mark and John Moore, the creative director, and us spoke for a matter of about six months. And um, all during the pandemic. Um, it was just a great opportunity to uh, connect with other creative people, forward-thinking people. And brainstorm a, a sort of an idea or a concept. And then, you know, what would we look like in three years? What would we look like in five years? And then finally they said, well, find a space and let's give it a shot. So here we are. There, Basically, that, my, my kitchen table <laughs> spread out into a bigger space. <laughs> that is so, so cool. So just to back up a little bit, you mentioned Bernie wearing his mittens. And for anybody who didn't catch that, um, she's referring to Bernie Sanders, who was our presidential candidate, I believe, when he was wearing his mittens. Or maybe it was after that. I can't remember exactly. It was the inauguration. Exactly. Yeah. It was the inauguration. And there was some hysterical memes circulating and going viral around the internet at the time. And tell us how that, um, how that connected to you. Well, uh, do you mean who gave him the mittens? Is that what you're asking me? No, I, was, I think what if I understood correctly, you designed the pattern for the mittens. Is that right? Well, Jen and I had the pattern together and we worked together and, and uh, made mittens in the area and did craft shows and uh, galleries and that sort of thing. Um, okay, she, cool. So that was the connection. Yeah. yeah, she gifted him the mittens. Um, but when everything went viral, um, Outer Known must have commented on it somewhere and my neighbor um, who had seen that said, oh, you know, I know the person that was affiliated with Jen. Would you like to talk to her? And so that's how we connected. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I haven't thought about it too much, but as I do now, that, that meme that you referenced just exploded uh, in so many different shapes and form and people were drawn to it. Uh, for the mittens, they were handcrafted, upcycled, and it was just a moment in time where this excitement that we've been talking about old machines and bringing them back to life or taking 
your turtleneck as a kid and cutting the sleeves off when they're worn out and making turtleneck t-shirts or whatever. <laughs> there was something about those mittens that in many, many people um, struck to their core. Uh, and we feel that at our level, and it's also felt at the corporate world. You know, Mark Walker, John Moore, uh, they live in that corporate apparel life. And, and it really said something when not only CEOs of apparel companies, but just so many other people were drawn to that. And it, it really speaks to what this Rags to Riches Summit is all about, that, that appeal of handcrafted upcycling. Yeah, it's so true. I so appreciate that, Scott. It's, it's, you know, there's something like I remember when I first started. So I, I, I started a production company upcycling sweaters in 1987. And, you know, people thought I was batshit crazy. They were just like, what? Like you're making baby blankets out of garbage. You think I'm going to put that on my kid? And, you know, it took a lot of gentle education mm -hmm. with a big dose of humor mixed in to just like calmly like educate, right? And then as soon as there was like the light bulb went on and people kind of like understood that like, yes, it's clean. Yes, it's okay to put this baby blanket next to your child. You know, there's nothing inherently wrong with this. Then it was the nostalgia, right? All of a sudden there was like this connection. Oh my gosh, that pattern. I think I had a sweater like that when I was in seventh grade or my granddaughter or something, some piece of that, you know, it, you know, this, it was for me, it was sweaters kind of, I'm imagining same with the mittens you were making. Like there was something about like the, con there was a connection that so many people could find in whatever it was, if it was the color or the, my grandmother had sweaters like that or had mittens like that. Like there was something that brought people together. And then as you know, more recently when I was, I, I make blankets that have over 400 pieces in them mm -hmm. and I'm sewing these little pieces together and I'm thinking there could be 400 different sweaters right? And then you're thinking about, okay, 400 people wore those sweaters. And then you're thinking about 400 people made those sweaters, 400 people designed those sweaters. And all of a sudden what you're stitching together is like a huge community, right? And it's like, they don't even know it. Those people have no idea what you're doing as you're stitching them all together. But the people who see the blanket, there is a piece of that that is probably subconscious, probably un, you know, they're not necessarily aware of what they're doing, but they feel that community when they see that product. And I feel like that happens in textile upcycling very often and most often. We, we always talk about this. Um, and I think it goes back to when women made quilts together. I think the act of creating something together, um, the energy when that is happening actually gets infused into the object. And when the person receives the object, I mean, how good does it feel when you've handmade something and you give it as a gift? You almost feel the love that you're transmitting to the person you give it to. Um, and that's what we say here at Project Vermont. We say made with love in our yeah. cards and on our, our items that when we pack our objects and um, everybody here has pretty much touched every item that gets made. And I think people feel that energy when they receive the um, the product. So. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think that I, I want to learn more about how 
this is being taken with your help and your impetus to this corporate level. But before we go there, I want to take a quick break. If you're just tuning in with me, we are talking to Lisa Ann and Scott from Outer Known. Um, they have a project with Outer Known called Project Vermont. And we'll be right back to learn more about how that project works. Are you a textile-centric crafter who loves vintage yardage, unusual fabrics, notions, and sewing tools and tutorials? Maybe you are a sewing teacher in need of cool and inexpensive cloth for students. Whether sewing high-end bespoke couture or experimenting with new textile-making processes, SwansonsFabrics.com, located in the heart of Turner's Falls, Massachusetts, has just what you need. You can shop online or at the very well-organized and jam-packed store. Swanson's Fabrics is a thrift shop of fabric, notions, and textile tools. It's a community repurposing the leftover collections of home sewers, addressing the reality that we have enough fabric and craft supplies for generations stored right in our very own attics and closets. Swanson's makes it very easy to pass on an excessive fabric stash and find inspirational treasure for sewing projects. Additionally, Catherine Swanson hosts an online group for entrepreneurs interested in using her business model for fabric thrift stores in their communities. Find Swanson Fabrics at swansonfabrics.com and on TikTok and Instagram. Okay. Hey, we're back. Um, Lizanne and Scott, thanks so much for joining me today. Um, I would love to know, like we were just talking about how, you know, that there's like this inherent kind of goodness and, and love really. I mean, it is like human connection, right? When things are upcycled, I think it happens when people are doing something that they love. Right. And I think that, you know, when we compare, the textile upcycling that we, we share um, to things like, you know, the unethical treatment of people who work in the fast fashion industry. There's this like divide, this abyss between the two. Right. And I feel like that's just yet another reason why uh, it's so important to support um, makers who are treated fairly and paid um, well and have a lifestyle that is worthy of their hard work. Um, so that is kind of what I see Outer Known at, um, kind of really focused on in their uh, business model. And I'd love to talk about how you're able to imbue that sense into this larger company that is really setting the standard for circularity in their in their production i think it goes back to when we were talking about the origin story and this connection we had and communication we had without or known over six months and then it just happened well we were very thoughtful in where it would happen uh in in that location you know we looked at say church street in Burlington, it's a it's a public walk through kind of commercial area. We looked at some other warehouse type models, and we decided on St. Albans that we referenced earlier. It's a it's a small, beautiful community. Um, we we found a spot right on Main Street, beautiful old building from the 1850s. So there's nothing sterile or generic about it. Um, the the women that we have working here. Um, 
oldest is 75, you know, youngest is, uh, be careful, 27. <laughs> um, we have college, but, students. But, but we have college students, but there's a community here of women that come together. They touch every piece that comes out of here. So like you said, we're putting that up against outer known and in the corporate apparel industry. And how do those two blend? Um, when we make uh, ceremonial uh, bags uh, influenced by the Japanese rice bags, and we send them out to the corporate office and they use those as gifts uh, and they see that it's handmade and they see the community of women that created that. I think that's where some of that influence and some of that you know, cross-pollination can happen with the big corporate world and then small makers like us, we're learning from each other. Mm -hmm. um, I should also touch on their, their mission themselves. So fair trade, fair wage, fair treatment of labor. They know the farmers from where they get their materials from, how they source things. They're very, very conscious and take a lot of time and effort. They go meet the farmers. Um, so it's it's already started in corporate. It just looks different than it does here. But the philosophy and the the mindset for it is the same. So you know you want to treat people fairly in in your larger factories or places where their merchandise is made, but also here as well. And so it's nice to see them you know, transfer that to a small community like us, but also they use that in their model for their corporate um, solutions to source their clothing. Yeah. 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 That, that, That's pretty cool. I wonder, like, as I'm, as I listen and learn from you guys, like, I wonder how we can um, encourage that model to uh, infiltrate the, the, the culture of corporate, garment production like how you know what how can we use you as our kind of a model right like is there is there something that we can just promote as a success that is happening with your project that to to entice other large volume producers to adopt even just pieces or even like right. ways you know step one step two step three like have it set up so that chronologically over time that they are able to land in a place of of ethical awesomeness well, <laughs> i can tell you there's more than one way to do this and and we don't say that we're the absolute right way i think i think it's a matter of accepting the differences between the two worlds finding the commonalities accepting that it might be hard at times but being flexible enough to meet them in their world and them to meet us in our world. Um, I think you, that you just, you really want to, you really have to want to make it happen. Um, yeah. Cause it's yeah. hard in both worlds to come together. Their schedule is very different from ours. Um, ours is very different from theirs. Um, but the common thread is the, the want and the need for community and to make it work and um, just good intentions on both sides. Well, yeah. One of the elements that we're optimistic about is the young people going into corporate America yeah. right now. Yes. They have certainly a lot more sense than my generation did for how important it is to uh, regenerate 
and and to improve the environment. We were fortunate to have a conversation with Wes Carter, who runs a New Earth project. And in one of his lives, in another part of his life, he's a he's an executive with a processing uh, a mailing. They make uh, packaging packaging plants, and he's really concerned about the packaging and 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 uh, making it as as you know decreasing the impact that has on the earth and in our conversation i was asking them you know how, how how can we learn to partner with big corporations how can we make that happen how can we build the bridges and he, he said w one of his hopes is and certainly when he's he's talking with a lot of his young executives is 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 these young people in corporate positions now are much more open uh, and thinking differently about how they manufacture and, and where they manufacture and the ethics and the sense of community. So Lizanne and I have great hope and optimism too for the future um, that these people in positions of influence uh, are willing to take the leap and break the norms and kind of break the ceilings and the walls. Um, yeah. So there, there's hope on that end. And then I, I think doing what you, you're doing, bringing people together, all of our separate little conversations. We're just up here in St. Albans, Vermont. You, I believe, are in northwestern Massachusetts. Um, yep. pe people from all over. And because of the Rags to Riches Summit and some other things we've participated in, the voice is getting stronger. We're getting more concise in our messaging and, and, and more people are hearing us. Um, we just have to uh, accelerate that. Um, yeah, I think, and I think that we are, you guys, I just feel so excited about, um, you know, your model. And then also the level, like, you know, harking back to that first few years of my business, and it was, it was more than a few, it was like 10 more, <laughs> maybe, you know, there weren't any blue bins on the curb. Like we have come strides, you know, and some, it's very easy for us to get in that I, I, let me speak for myself, for me to get into that, like, oh my gosh, doom and gloom, like 2030s around the corner. And we're so, you know, there, there's carbon neutral, it seems so far away. And we, you know, seven years from now, this is, you know, oh my gosh. And then you're, and then I look back and I'm like, wait a second, don't like, let's just celebrate all the amazing things that are happening and all the cool people that are doing really noble work in the world and really celebrate that and take the time to just you know, pat ourselves on the back for, you know, yeah, there's all these young exec executives that are thinking like they don't even know there is a box to think inside of. Right. But you know why they don't know that? Because of people like you and people like me and people who are like, yeah. who have been brave enough to question the boxes that we were given. And when we were coming up, right. Like it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I feel like, um, you know, to, the other thing that I just, that when you were speaking, Scott, that just came to mind is like, you know, I was in the fashion industry when I first started my business, there wasn't like an upcycled fashion industry because there wasn't really anybody else doing it. And, you know, it was horrible. I hated the fashion industry. People were cutthroat. People were conniving. They, you know, steal your designs and call them theirs and whatever. And I was just like, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. And what I've really like, I love, I mean, I love everything about textile upcycling, but there is, everybody's working toward the same goal. We're all trying to do something that's going to help everybody. We're not going like, oh, don't look at my stuff. We're going like, 
look at my stuff, make it your stuff. How can you do this too? Because God knows we need as much help as we can get in um, really curbing the flow of textile um, consumption and waste. And, um, you know, that's what we're, we are actually making impact in the world as a group of creative people. And I think that some of the characteristics we all have is a sense of community. And so community minded makes you inclusive of community, which it all feeds on itself. And being unselfish and generous and sharing is, is part of this movement. Yeah. It's so beautiful, you guys. And I just, I am so excited to just have this opportunity to chat with you, to learn more about your project and to really just collaborate with you as we go forward. I'm, I'm really excited. And before we finish, I'd love for you to share a little bit about how people can find you, um, where, where, where you'd like to direct people to um, learn more about what you're doing. Certainly. So I'll, I'll make a sandwich out of it. Uh, Instagram project Vermont is the, the best place. You can see our story there. You can see our products there. You can see our, our, our community, our team you know, our, our, our family of, of sewists. Um, we're also at 46 North Main Street in St. Albans, Vermont. So if you're up visiting Burlington, Stowe, Lake Champlain, or skiing, uh, swing by. It, it's, it's, it's not just we have a small retail space at the front of our shop, but 75% of our shop is, you know, people sitting at 301s making stuff. It's a, it's a makerspace. So once again, you know, that, that, that the uh, Instagram, Project Vermont, um, and then 46 North Main Street. And uh, you could, uh, outerknown.com too, if, if outerknown.com. And if you search Project Vermont on outerknown.com, you'll, you'll see some items that we sell online and also uh, some of our, our story there too. So cool. That's just awesome. Thank you so much, you guys. This is I'm I'm really excited about what you're doing, and I see so much potential for that to just kind of be the burgeoning little beginnings of something that just expands into all aspects of textile production and clothing manufacturing across the world. So thanks for leading the charge there. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for reaching out. Hey, so I'm over here and I'm serving you a giant air hug because you just finished another episode of the Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Podcast. Thank you for being with me. Our music is provided by The Lucky Five. Learn more about them at theluckyfive.com. Our show is produced and edited by Van Dalhyasen. If you want to dive in deep, head over to ragstoriches textileupcyclingpodcast.com. 